The text for this morning's chapel comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Jumbo shrimp, living dead, open secret, and deafening silence are all examples of what one would call an oxymoron. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines oxymoron specifically as a combination of contradictory or opposite words. The literary device is used to paint particular pictures in our brain. When one looks at the words jumbo and shrimp, they will see that they are opposites of each other. But when you combine the words together, you get the idea of a hearty seafood meal served at Golden Corral or Red Lobster. Here in Peter's letter, he uses an oxymoron. He uses a freedom of service. He tells the addressed Christians to live as people who are free, for they are free from sin, death, and the power of the devil because of Jesus' perfect life and innocent death on the cross. Christians are free from the curse of the law, just as Peter's contemporary Paul has said in Romans. Sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. So freedom is one of the words used in Peter's oxymoron. The other word is the word servant. He tells the addressed Christians to live as servants of God. Christians have been washed clean by Christ's sacrifice, and also have the Holy Spirit dwelling in their hearts. With this dwelling of the Holy Spirit, the Christian gladly serves his Savior God. So when you see the words freedom and service, they contradict each other. But when you put them together, you get the idea of a Christian. This oxymoron is what we will be considering. Namely, God has granted to us Christians a freedom of service that we may serve him and others. As Christians free to serve, we are to serve and fear God. In case your memory of catechism class escapes you, to fear God means to respect him with awe and reverence. Such a fear is found in Christians and is proper for them to possess this fear. For God is the one who has made everything. This is the very God who has created all the intricacies around you, such as plants, animals, physics, chemistry, and the very person sitting next to you. This is the very God who has given you everything you need, such as food, water, air, sleep, and much more. In light of this, we see the mighty power of God. Now, as natural sinners, our sinful flesh dreads such power. When we read in Scripture that we are to fear God, the sinful flesh recoils. The passions of the flesh, which wage war against the soul, bring us down. Our flesh does not want to serve God or others, but wants to serve itself. Such a service to God could never happen. Until God intervened. God, the one ruler over all things, could have destroyed the rebellious bunch of us natural sinners. But he didn't. Instead, he decided to give us the freedom from this cursed sinful flesh. By sending his son Jesus to be the perfect servant and sacrifice for us, he gave us a reason to glorify God, for he has freed us from sin and made us his servants to freely follow his will out of fear and love for him. Our service of fear continues onward as we constantly strive to abstain from the temptations of our flesh. The scriptures assure us that 
through the faith in Christ, that through faith in Christ God looks graciously upon us as we fight the good fight of faith. Such a gracious looking is a comfort to us as we go about our lives. He is always looking and guarding our lives. He guides our conduct and showers us with his grace. He is our life and motivation, and this is very important. For before we can do anything in the service of freedom, we must first have the foundation, which is laid by Jesus Christ. Namely, salvation given freely by his sacrifice. Thankfully, this has been laid. We do fear God. And hopefully others will notice this and may be led to glorify God as well. So after this first area of service of fear towards God, the next service of love towards others comes in. These services are connected. Service of fear towards God is the very middle of our lives. The fear towards God is the core which is given to us when we were made free by Jesus Christ. Jesus' sacrifice on Calvary has reconciled us to God. He made us children of God. With this foundational relationship with God, we go about serving him in love and showing this love which stems from the Redeemer towards those around us. We go from the core, that is God the Creator, to those around us, people, which are God's creation. If you recall, our natural sinfulness only thinks about itself. We were once slaves to it. But Christ has given us freedom. He has freed us from being slaves to selfishness and has given us the freedom of service as we now are servants toward selflessness towards others. This good conduct of selflessness is a precious tool which the Holy Spirit uses in our lives. First of all, our good conduct may silence the foolishness of mankind. Peter's audience most likely had some of the people around them speak against them as evildoers. The accusations of these people came from their foolish, sinful mindset. Now, fast forward to our time, and the accusations are still the same. You've all heard the outcries that the Christians are bigots, exclusive, demanding, selfish, and much more. They don't want us to live how we want to live, therefore they must be evil. And what is likely to silence such accusations? It's not violent argument and opposition, but good conduct done out of the service of love. This service of love is motivated by our Savior. Jesus showed this good conduct. Remember, he was called a blasphemer by the people. And although their accusation was wrong, Jesus did not lash out. He did not send a legion of angels to destroy people, but he went uncomplaining forth to be slaughtered. When on that cross of Calvary, Jesus showed the greatest example of good conduct in his great service of love towards all of mankind. And though people still mock today, his resurrection has placed a period on this naysaying. This has been done. As Christians purchased and won by Jesus, our conduct will silence. But not only that, it may lead others toward that same love of Jesus. Peter says a few verses earlier from the text that the people of society around you will see your good deeds and glorify God. This service of love produced in us by the Holy Spirit may not only cause silence, but it may also prompt conversation and plant interest. It may even result in bringing another person into the servant hall of freedom given by Jesus Christ, as we gladly share such great news with them. So, 
Some of you have probably heard people in your lives say, I live to serve. As Christians, it is the same. We do not serve to live, for that could never be. We could never work our way to eternal life. Rather, we live to serve, for Christ lived and served so that we may live and serve as well. We know from his resurrection on Easter morning that he has won for us spiritual life. Now we live, for we are free from death's sting. We now live to serve our God and others so that righteousness may abound and that on that day of visitation, when Christ returns to take us home, we may all glorify our Master and Father in heaven. Amen. We'll close with hymn 320, verses 1 and 4.